love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to History Tea Time. I'm Lindsay Holiday, and I'm spilling the tea on history. Queens of Europe Empress Maria Theresa Maria Theresa, Holy Roman Empress, was one of the most powerful women in history. Her husband and son got to hold the title of emperor, but she was the real power. She reformed and modernized her empire, all while having 16 children, including Marie Antoinette, Queen of France. Maria Theresa was the second-born child of Charles VI, Holy Roman Emperor, and Elizabeth Christina of Brunswick-Wurfenbüttel. Her parents' first child was a son, Leopold Johann, who had tragically died at only seven months of age. When Maria Theresa was born on May 13, 1717, the heartbroken parents took no chances and had their new baby baptized that very night. The royal family was outraged that the emperor had his baby daughter carried ahead of her cousins, Maria Josepha and Maria Amalia, the daughters of his elder brother, Joseph I. This made it clear that Maria Theresa would outrank her cousins, even though their grandfather, Emperor Leopold I, had made his sons sign a mutual pact of succession, which gave precedence to the daughters of the elder brother. Charles VI had survived and succeeded his brother Joseph, who died in the smallpox epidemic of 1711. Charles was now the only surviving son of his generation. He had desperately hoped for a male heir to prevent the extinction of the Habsburg dynasty and was disappointed at the birth of a daughter. Nevertheless, he was determined to promote her right to succeed him. He put forth the pragmatic sanction, which disinherited his nieces and made Maria Theresa heir apparent. He asked for the approval of the other European powers, and initially they agreed. Maria Theresa's family, the Habsburgs, were notorious for inbreeding, resulting in many physically and mentally unhealthy family members. If you want to learn more, check out my videos on royal incest and inbreeding. But luckily for Maria Theresa, neither her parents nor her grandparents were closely related, and she was noted to be a healthy child. The Prussian ambassador recorded that she had large blue eyes, fair hair with a slight tinge of red, a wide mouth, and a notably strong body. She was soon joined by two younger sisters, Maria Anna and Maria Amalia. Charles VI held out hope that he would someday have a son, so educated his daughters to be queen's consort, not rulers. Their education was overseen by Jesuit tutors, so the girls spoke excellent Latin, but had poor writing skills. Maria Theresa was a serious and reserved child, and she had a strong artistic streak. The imperial family often staged opera productions, frequently conducted by her father, in which she relished performing. She also enjoyed drawing, painting, music, dancing, and archery, but was forbidden from horseback riding by her father. Emperor Charles allowed his 14-year-old eldest daughter and heir to attend council meetings with him, 
but he never discussed affairs of state with her or otherwise prepared her for what seemed her likely future as sovereign. Like most royal ladies, the question of Maria Theresa's marriage was raised early in her childhood. Leopold Clement of Lorraine was seen as the best candidate until he died of smallpox at 16. His younger brother Francis Stephen was invited to Vienna to meet the future queen who liked him very much. Shifting politics caused the emperor to briefly betroth his two eldest daughters to Charles and Philip of Spain until other European powers broke up the match. The emperor wanted to marry his daughter to his close and powerful neighbor Frederick of Prussia, but the Catholic Maria Theresa could not marry a Protestant prince. Following the War of Polish Succession, Louis XV of France demanded that Francis Stephen relinquish the Duchy of Lorraine to Stanislaw I, the French king's father-in-law, who had been deposed as King of Poland. In exchange, Francis Stephen was promised the Grand Duchy of Tuscany upon the death of his childless cousin, Grand Duke Jean Gastone de Medici. Much to Maria Theresa's joy, she was finally married to Francis Stephen on February 12, 1736. The 19-year-old Archduchess was enamored with her 28-year-old husband. Her letters to him expressed her feelings of love and eagerness to see him. His letters in return were stiff and formal. Francis Stephen was unfaithful from the start, and Maria Theresa was terribly jealous. The couple's first child, Maria Elizabeth, was born almost exactly one year after the wedding, and Maria Theresa continued to become pregnant and give birth to another child nearly every year. In 1738, Francis Stephen inherited Tuscany, and the couple traveled there to begin their rule. But after a few short months, Emperor Charles recalled them to Vienna as he felt his death approaching. Charles VI died on October 20, 1740, and left the empire in a sorry state. He had spent his reign campaigning to secure the pragmatic sanction and pursuing the signatures of other European royals. He had neglected the treasury and the army. After excessive spending on wars, the treasury contained only 100,000 golden, which was claimed by his widow. The new empress, Maria Theresa, inherited a difficult situation. She knew nothing of affairs of state or whom of her father's counselors she could trust. She wrote later of this trying time, I found myself without money, without credit, without army, without experience and knowledge of my own, and finally without any counsel. Her position was also precarious as many of the realms she ruled did not recognize female sovereigns. She got around this by making her husband co-ruler of her Austrian and Bohemian lands. But despite her love for him, Maria Theresa never allowed her husband to decide matters of state and often dismissed him from council meetings when they disagreed. Almost immediately, other European powers, sensing weakness, reneged on the pragmatic sanction and began invading parts of the Holy Roman Empire. Frederick II of Prussia invaded Silesia, and Maria Theresa decided that this mineral-rich territory must be fought for. The First Silesian War began a lifelong enmity between the two neighboring rulers. The young empress was surprisingly popular in Hungary. She spent months learning the equestrian skills necessary for her Hungarian coronation, and as Hungary did not recognize queens, she was actually named King there. She appealed dramatically to the Hungarian people to join the army in defense of the empire. 
While wearing the crown of St. Stephen, she held her infant son, Joseph, before the crowd and, weeping, begged the brave Hungarian people to come to his defense. In response, they declared that they would die for Maria Theresa. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. Yeah, the show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. I'm Helena Bonham Carter, and for BBC Radio 4, this is History's Secret Heroes a new series of rarely heard tales from World War II. They had no idea that she was Britain's top female codebreaker. We'll hear of daring risk-takers. What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend. Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. In 1741, Bohemia was seized by Charles Albert of Wittelsbach, who declared himself king there. But the same day, Maria Theresa's army captured Munich, the capital of Bohemia. Maria Theresa had herself crowned Queen of Bohemia in St. Vitus Cathedral. The War of Austrian Succession dragged on for another three years with squabbles over lands on the outskirts of the empire, but the empress held on to the bulk of her territory from this point on. Maria Theresa gave birth to 16 children between 1737 and 1756. She asserted that, had she not almost always been pregnant, she would have gone into battle herself. Her children were Maria Elizabeth, who died at three years old, Maria Anna, Maria Carolina, who died at one year old, future Holy Roman Emperor Joseph II, Maria Christina, Duchess of Teschen, Maria Elizabeth, Charles Joseph, Maria Amalia, Duchess of Parma, future Holy Roman Emperor Leopold II, Maria Carolina, who, like her sister who bore her name, died in infancy, Johanna Gabriella, Maria Josepha, a third Maria Carolina, Queen of Naples and Sicily, Ferdinand, Duke of Bohaiskau, Maria Antonia, or Marie Antoinette, Queen of France, and Maximilian Francis, Archbishop-Elector of Cologne. I will be profiling all of Maria Theresa's 16 children in future videos. By the time the younger children were born, it was time to marry off the elder children. The Empress used her offspring as political pawns and sacrificed their happiness for the benefit of the state, creating a vast dynasty across Europe. A devoted but tyrannical mother, she wrote all of her children at least once a week, often scolding them and dictating to them about how they should behave and how best to represent Austria in their new homes. 
She scolded Leopold for his reserve and coldness, criticized Maria Carolina for her political activities, Ferdinand for his lack of organization, and Maria Amalia for her poor French and haughtiness. She particularly laid into Marie Antoinette, Queen of France, for her laziness and frivolity and for not conceiving a child for the first seven years of her marriage. Maria Christina was the only child the Empress found little fault with, though she did disappoint her mother by failing to produce any surviving children. Continuing wars between the Holy Roman Empire and Prussia over Silesia sparked the wider Seven Years' War. In 1756, the First Treaty of Versailles united former enemies France, Russia, and the Ottoman Empire in an effort to prevent the Prussian and British empires from expanding. After seven years of bloody battle, the war ended with Silesia still under Prussian control, but Austria held a stronger position thanks to its new alliances. Maria Theresa decided that for the good of her empire she would refrain from further warring and focused on the many domestic problems her people faced. She got the empire in order by selecting intelligent and experienced men to enact numerous reforms. Under her guidance, a bureaucracy was created which centralized power and taxed the nobility for the first time in the empire's history. She established a well-organized standing army, founded the Ministry of Finance to get the empire's funds in order, and created the Council of State to advise her. She doubled the state revenue between 1754 and 64, which significantly improved the economy. She created a unified legal system throughout the empire and outlawed torture. She patronized the founding of the Viennese Medical School and promoted many forward-thinking public health measures. After seeing three of her children die young, she was very sympathetic to children. She promoted better health care as well as education, making school for both boys and girls mandatory. She founded several universities that taught not only theology, but also law and other secular subjects, preparing thousands of men for service in her bureaucracy. Maria Theresa was a contemporary of the great Enlightenment thinkers, however she was not one of them. Her many reforms, often seen as Enlightenment thinking, really came down to common sense improvements that were in the best interest of the state. As much as she helped her people, she was very authoritative about how they should live their lives. Peasant parents who kept their children working in the fields rather than sending them to school were arrested. Her government had a wide-reaching censorship program which banned many Enlightenment authors. She created a chastity commission to clamp down on prostitution, homosexuality, adultery, and even sex between members of different religions. The commission often raided banquets, clubs, and private gatherings, and arrested those found misbehaving. It was whispered that the Empress was really searching these establishments for her husband, who continued liaisons with dozens of mistresses throughout their marriage. On August 18, 1765, while the family was in Innsbruck celebrating the wedding of son Leopold, Emperor Francis died. Maria Theresa was devastated. She cut her hair short, stopped wearing jewelry, painted her rooms black, and dressed in mourning for the rest of her life. She completely withdrew from court life, public events, and theater. Throughout her widowhood, she spent the whole of August and the 18th of each month alone in her chambers. Her eldest son Joseph became Holy Roman Emperor and his mother's co-ruler. 
the mother and son had frequent ideological disagreements. Joseph had a superior intellect, but Maria Theresa had a gentle touch with the people and a stronger personality. She valued the ideas of her counselors even when she disagreed, and had a rapport with them that Joseph could never match. Mother and son both frequently threatened to abdicate, but in the end they knew they were stronger together. Maria Theresa was a deeply devout Roman Catholic and was strongly against religious tolerance. She regarded both Jews and Protestants as dangerous and actively tried to suppress them. In 1744, she proposed a complete expulsion of Jews from Austria and Bohemia, but was forced to retract the expulsion order under pressure from other European leaders. She also pushed Jews out of Prague and Protestants from Austria, but eventually relented after her son, Joseph, threatened to abdicate, calling his mother's religious policies unjust, impious, impossible, harmful, and ridiculous. Later in her reign, Maria Theresa was influenced by a Jewish courtier, Abraham Mendel Theban, and she revised some of her discriminatory policies against the Jewish people. In 1767, shortly after her 50th birthday, Maria Theresa contracted smallpox. She survived, but Joseph's second wife, Empress Maria Josepha of Bavaria, succumbed to the disease. The Empress demanded that her 16-year-old daughter, Maria Josepha, come with her to pray in the imperial crypt next to the unsealed tomb of the dead Empress. Her daughter began showing smallpox rashes two days later and soon died. Maria Theresa blamed herself for her daughter's death, though she could not have caught the disease from the corpse and was likely already infected. Maria Theresa had all of her surviving children inoculated against smallpox, popularizing the life-saving practice. She also threw a party for the first 65 inoculated children in Austria and served them herself. In 1772, the first partition of Poland divided the country between Russia, Prussia, and the Holy Roman Empire. Maria Theresa was against it, as she felt it was not in the interests of the Polish people. But she agreed in the end. Frederick the Great said, the more she cried, the more she took. In 1777, Maximilian III Joseph, Elector of Bavaria, died without an heir, leading to the War of Bavarian Succession with Prussia, which was settled within a year, but with great cost to the empire. Maria Theresa never fully recovered from her previous bout with smallpox. In November 1780, she fell seriously ill, though her son and co-ruler Joseph had no doubt that his indomitable mother would recover. Nevertheless, she died on November 28, 1780, at the age of 63, after 40 years on the imperial throne. She was surrounded by many of her remaining children and grandchildren. Several of her granddaughters had been named after her. Her lifelong rival, Frederick the Great, said that she honored her throne and her sex. And though he had fought against her in three wars, he never considered her his enemy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. I'll be putting out new episodes every Tuesday, revisiting and revamping my most popular YouTube videos, unburying some of my favorite hidden gems, and adding even more fascinating information for your listening pleasure. Want some visuals with your history? Then check out my YouTube channel, History Tea Time with Lindsay Holiday, where you can find hundreds of videos about queens of the world, royal history, women's history, and more. You can also follow History Tea Time on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. 
This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other great shows like Queen's Podcast, Ancient History Fangirl, Redacted History, and more.